0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Sunday, March 13th, as the Flyers fall to yesterday to the Carolina Hurricanes by a final score of 3-1. to one. Game was tied at 1 heading into the third period. Carolina gets a goal after the 16-minute mark, a redirect by Jordan Martinook off a shot from Vinny Trocheck Finds the back of the net, the redirect, is able to get by Martin Jones, initially tracking that puck glove side. The redirect sends it high blocker side right by his ear, unable to get it. And the Canes get an empty net goal there as well from Sebastian Ajo, and they skate off with a 3-1 win over the Flyers. Fought, hard-fought game. Flyers played them very tight. Carolina, obviously, very good team. Best win percentage, points percentage in the entire National Hockey League. Flyers took a good punch from them in the first, got through the first period scoreless, Picked it up in the second. The Carolina Hurricanes got the opening goal of the game when Stephen Lawrence uh, got a real nice pass from Derek Stepan as he's going behind the net. He reverses the puck to the side with which he was coming when it appeared he was going to go for a full wraparound. That fooled Martin Jones. Uh, Morgan Frost lost his coverage on Lawrence there, and uh, the Canes got on the board 1-0. But the Flyers had a goal disallowed about the 16-10 mark of the period uh, to get it tied. But it was ruled to be goaltender interference, not a penalty. It was incidental contact. Referee waved it off right away, and it was a good call. But uh, just seconds later, the Derek Broussard line once again back out there, picks up the game-tying goal. It's a dump-in from Cam Atkinson of a flipping puck on edge that jumps up on Freddie Anderson. He can't control the rebound, and then... Derek Broussard, in what I believe is a set play, bust it to the net and is able to get the rebound and put it by Freddie Anderson. Ristolainen and Cam Atkinson picked up the assist. We saw that earlier in the season against the Boston Bruins. Giroux flipped one in, uh, a a lobbing puck in on Tuka Rask, and it took a crazy bounce. And then Cam Atkinson actually picked up the goal there. The player reads it. When he flips the dump in, they're busting it right to the goalie, trying to get behind the D. Worked on both of those occasions, so the Flyers get it tied. And like I said, they head to the third period uh, in a 1-1 game against Carolina. They actually had a 2-1 win against Carolina in Carolina earlier this season. They were down 1-0 heading into that third period, scored two third-period goals to get a 2-1 win. But ultimately, at 16-10 to the third, that's when the Jordan-Martinuk redirect uh, gets by. Martin Jones and the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes take the lead, and they add that on. and they add that empty net goal by Sebastian Aho. 3-1 the final. Shots in the game, 36-29. And uh, Martin Jones performed really well in this game. A lot of people were kind of questioning why Martin Jones starting in this game. And I actually talked to Brian Boucher about this yesterday. And I kind of suspected that he would start. I didn't know anything. I didn't have any inside information. And it's because the Vegas game where Hart had 48 shots on goal, 47 saves— and then the Florida game—I mean, they had 18 shots in the first period. They were both really high-exertion games for Carter, and you got to get Jones into one of these games, whether it's a back-to-back, three games in four days. So it's either today against Carolina or tomorrow against Montreal. Yeah, Carolina is the better team over Montreal. Matter of fact, Carolina is the number one team points percentage in the NHL, and Montreal is dead last in points percentage in the NHL. But Uh, It was a situation where you could get Jones in there today. And maybe part of that equation was to kind of showcase Jones a little bit for a possible trade. And if that was a showcase today, then he enhanced his value because he played very well in the hockey game against a really good team that gets good matchups against you. They're deep. They come in waves. They have seven guys on that team in double-digit scoring, some high-end talent, good defensively. Martin Jones did his job in the game. Flyers just unable to get anything beyond the one goal beyond uh, Freddie Anderson. So uh, they're back at it tonight. They're going to take on the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, we all lost an hour of sleep last night with the clocks changing. Flyers coming on the back-to-back, but so is Montreal. Montreal played last night, actually lost in the shootout to the Seattle Kraken in Montreal. So they're traveling to Philadelphia last night. Flyers were traveling back from Carolina. Now, the Flyers getting back much earlier A, because their game started at 3, and the Canadians' game started at 7. Not to mention, Canadians coming in over the border, have to go through customs and the whole thing, losing the hour of sleep, slight edge to the Flyers in that regard. But uh, they'll take on the Montreal Canadiens tonight, who obviously have had a very, very rough season. They have the worst points percentage in the entire National Hockey League. And if the season were to end today, which it doesn't, they would actually have the highest percentage chance to land the number one overall pick. Now, there's still some some runway here for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and they've played much better hockey of late, significantly better. They're 7-3 in their last 10, 7-2 in their last nine. They are plus in goal differential. And really, this is kind of the point where Marty St. Louis took over for Montreal. They fired Dominic Ducharme. They bring in Marty St. Louis, who had no coaching experience at the professional level at all. We know he played in the NHL. He's a Hall of Famer, won a cup, uh, all that with Tampa and then eventually the Rangers. Uh, But he gets the job and really has kind of freed up the Montreal Canadiens. Fresh voice, and it's been a very frustrating season, and with a very large fall from grace, obviously, from where they were last year where they had that magical ride all the way to the Stanley Cup final. But they're a team, like the Flyers, that has dealt with significant injury loss this season. Matter of fact, they have, on the season, they have lost the most man games to injury and health protocols of any team in the NHL. Now, they haven't had Carey Price all year. They haven't had Shea Weber. Flyers, third in man games lost in the NHL. So, 564 is the number that Montreal has lost. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres have lost 455 man games, second most in the league. Flyers then at 410 man games lost this season. But sometimes you can't look at it just by the sheer volume of, of man games lost. You also have to look at the significance of those who were the man games lost. So in Montreal's case, obviously Price and Shea Weber, two very critical players for that team last year, and their absence this year is obviously pretty pronounced, Uh, For the Flyers, when you're missing Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis, Kevin Hayes for large parts of the season, Joel Farabee, uh, for some stretches here as well, and other players, Um, it's not just necessarily the numbers. Flyers do have a lot of sheer numbers here, but it's also the caliber of player and the trickle-down effect of not having that player. So uh, these two teams have been crushed with injury, illness, and uh, man, games lost throughout this entire season, but but oddly enough, Montreal, since the turn of the calendar, since January 1st, they actually have a better record than the Flyers, 8-13-3 since January 1st, and they have, uh, in that period, 69 goals for, 99 goals allowed, the Flyers in that period, they played less games, uh, 517 and 4 is their record, 62 goals for, also 99 goals allowed. But Montreal, when you look at them over their last nine games, and this is where Marty St. Louis has come in and taken over and you know, t- grabbed this team and kind of given it new life in a way and really free guys up like Cole Caulfield and others. Of course, they traded Tyler Toffoli. But when you look over the last nine games for the Montreal Canadiens, they're actually a team that is plus in goal differential. And that obviously has not been the case for them at any point this season. I mean, a horrific start to the season. But over their last nine, seven and two, 34 goals for, 26 goals allowed, and they've been getting the job done. So what does that mean for them? Does that mean that Marty St. Louis is going to get the job? That remains to be seen as well. But um, they've gotten things pointed in the right direction. It could put them in a position where maybe by the end of all this, they don't have – the best odds to land the number one overall pick in the NHL. When you look at the, the top teams and the highest percentage chances, it's Montreal, who has a 25.7% chance to land the number one overall pick, 187 to land the number two overall, and 55.6% to land the number three overall pick. Seattle then at 12.1% for the number one overall. Arizona at 10.9%. Buffalo at 9.7% to land the top pick, and the Flyers at 8.5% to get the top overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. So still uh, a, lot of, a lot of games left on the schedule. We'll see how this plays out, but it'll be the Flyers and the Canadiens tonight at Wells Fargo Center. It'll be Claude Giroux's 999th game in the National Hockey League, of course, all with the Flyers And then uh, it'll be on to 1,000 coming up Thursday when the Flyers host the Nashville Predators. We'll have a lot of coverage here on Flyers Daily of Drew getting to the 1,000 games played milestone. Uh, We'll talk to some uh, teammates of his, both current and former, and other dignitaries as well. So look forward to a jam-packed week uh, with some great conversations and great interviews uh, with some people to reflect on, Claude Giroux getting to 1,000. NHL games so Flyers Canadians tonight I wanted to get to this one th- DM that I got in this episode as well and I got this DM a couple days ago and uh, the guy that DM me is at citykid 18 and here's what he had to say and it's regarding Giroux. at least initially he said there's a big part of me that does not want Giroux to go anywhere unless we know he will come back on a team-friendly deal He would be so hard to replace next year with the cap space we will have, and I think G would rather win one in Philly than two or three cups anywhere else. We have a good group here, and I still think people are downplaying the injuries too much. Yes, teams should be able to carry on, but when you take away a number one D in Ellis, a top-line PK power play forward in Sean Couturier, and arguably two of your second line in Hayes and Farabee, it changes the dynamic of the entire team. He said, I think the players know this, judging by Hayes and Ristolainen's comments this week. And he said, if G is gone for good, Coots taking a team-friendly contract in order to give the team more cap space and a better chance to win leaves no doubt who the next captain should be. And he said, as much as it sucks, it will probably cost us a second-round pick, but JVR will be in Arizona next year. That $7 million is more valuable uh, this next year than a second-round pick. With the age of this core group, the window is in the next two to three years, but it has to start next year for sure. So interesting, a lot of elements here. First of all, as far as JVR and and sending a second-round pick to Arizona, Flyers don't have a second-round pick in the 2022 draft. And the 2023 draft, that's not going to be one where they're going to be looking to part with picks when the prognosticators are saying that that is a really good, deep draft. So I think that that part is unlikely. But as far as Giroux not wanting him to go— unless you know he's going to come back on a team-friendly deal. Look, it's really rare, we've talked about this before, that players that have been in a place for a long period of time get traded as a rental. It's really rare that they return to the team that they were with for a long period of time and traded from. Now, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, if they traded you at the deadline and were in sell mode, they're probably in some sort of rebuild or retool or something like that. That's number one. And then a player at that point in his career when you have an expiring contract north of 30, you may be looking to win, and that situation may not be ideal. So that's one element of it. Plus, I think the other element of it is, and I've talked to a lot of people about this recently, just kind of inquiring. When you're with a team for a long period of time and you get traded, you go somewhere else for the first time. It's new. It's different. And it's a chance to kind of be a different person in a way, not a different person. Maybe that's the wrong terminology, but go and and not have the burden of your past in that city. And for Drew, part of his past is a burden because a lot of the criticism when it comes to Claude Drew is that he doesn't have the team success since he's been the captain. Now, the team a lot of times was trying to figure out if they were a contender, a playoff team or not, and kind of waffling in between. Um, he's put up great numbers, obviously, huge numbers. I mean, he's all-time in the organization in points behind Bob Clark. It's obvious that he's had a successful individual career, but team success in hockey is something that takes a team to have success. And in his period, you can go to another place, and you got whether it's in Colorado and Nathan McKinnon and Cal Carr, the faces on the marquee, or if you go to Florida where it's Huberto, Ekblad, and, you know, obviously Barkov or you go to Carolina and it's Ajo and, you know, you're not the main face on the marquee anymore. You can go just play hockey and be a part of a great team and a great group, have success. I don't think that that, that returning to the team where you spent all those years is something that's heavily desired by most players. The most high-profile example of a player that did it was in 2003, I think it was, Keith Kachuk, was traded from the St. Louis Blues, to the Atlanta Thrashers for a playoff run at 34 years of age, same age as Drew, and then return to St. Louis on a three-year deal. Again, you just don't see it very often, so I don't think you should hold your breath for that. I don't have any insight from Claude or anybody else that he wouldn't, but it's not something that happens very often. Now, the the other part of what uh, CityKid18 talked about, he said, we have a good group here, and I th- still think people downplay injuries too much. Yeah, teams should be able to carry on, but when you take away Ellis and Couturier and Hayes and Farabee, and yeah, I agree. I do. But it's something that I've been really reluctant to talk about with any kind of consistency because every team goes through injuries. And you could chalk this up to just injuries if it wasn't such a sideways season last year. It's the fact that it's back-to-back years. And Elaine Vigneault last year didn't couldn't get things straightened out, then was terminated this year. Mike Yo's been in the interim. So I, I just don't want to have that conversation. And really I, I realize that injuries are very important and what's happened here. And there's a trickle down effect and a slotting effect and all of that. And it affects players and it affects a team's ability to win games, no doubt about it. And I and I'll give this team credit. They've played their ass off. They've played really hard, you know. They could have every excuse to just pack up, but they have played teams really hard, not getting the results, and pro sports is not about moral victories. And there seems to be a cultural shift or uh, a cultural coming of to head here in Philadelphia. But I don't want to alibi this season just based on injuries. I don't. It's not something I want to do. And look, ultimately, what happened this year with the injuries and the way this season's gone, by going forward and seeing what takes place now going forward, it could end up being a good thing, that they can benefit from it. That's what they have to do. They have to find a way to turn this bad season into something good. That happens in pro sports. That can happen. Whether you draft in the top five or whether you draft or make – Trades at the deadline to acquire assets or young players or prospects or whatever it is, and in the off season or even at the deadline. Hockey trades where, you know, it's one-for-one one players or whatever it is, big packages, acquisition of high-end talent, all of that. Mix, coach, obviously the coaching decision is a big one. All of those things, if they all happen and are positive, then you're moving in the right direction. And this bad season non-playoff season, and we knew it wasn't going to be a playoff season a long time ago, you can get some good out of it. They have to find a way to get something good out of this. And as far as the last thing, uh, as Couturier being the next captain of the team, I mean, that makes the most sense to me. The guy will have an eight-year deal kicking in next year that uh, he's committed to being, being here for the long haul. Obviously, he's not going to play the rest of this season. Miss significant time. And yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. He's a guy that, he's not the most vocal guy, but it doesn't, you don't have to be vocal to be a captain. Andrzej Kopitar is not the most vocal guy. There's a lot of guys in the league that aren't rah-rah guys, that are captains and are great captains. Being a captain is about leading by example, showing up every day and being a pro. You might have some other guys in the room that don't even wear a letter that are rah-rah guys. Just, it just depends on your personality. The one thing you know for sure as a professional athlete, you can't try try and be something you're not. Because that's phony and everybody sees through that. All right, Flyers Canadians tonight, Wells Fargo Center, game nine hundred and ninety-nine for Claude Giroux. And then we'll be counting down the days to game one thousand. We'll break it down tomorrow, plus Bill Meltzer and much more. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Day.